we are bringing to you this week uh we're a little bit early on the weekly episode but combining it with the pivot point which is our weekly show on market inefficiencies whether it's ktc dtc uh several platforms out there my tears and then mitch kind of throws shade all across the the land mostly towards my tears but you know what i embrace it i live with it it's okay so like i said this is dynasty theory this is this week's episode of pivot point on our podcast feed we're a proud member of the dlf family of podcasts uh dynastydaddy.com another free resource that i love i'm on there every day go check it out mitch what's up man what's up dude like this is another fun part of the dynasty calendar, right? Like January, we start talking about rookies a little bit, and then we hit rookies really hard. Now rookie drafts are over for the most part. Now in the Discord, we have a whole bunch of startups going. I think you posted two today. I'm going to have another one that I'm going to commission here soon. I mean, so there's constant talk about startups now. And the one thing is when you get into startups and you look at kind of where we were placing rookies, stuff has already shifted for me. Like if you asked me a month ago, we're going to end up talking about CJ Stroud here in a minute, right? You're, we're going to talk about like, hey, where would you rank him? And I'd be like, he's QB, whatever. But now you step back from rookie drafts and you look at QB, whatever is over the other quarterbacks. You're like, hold on. What? We probably are doing something wrong here. And but in how much of that is just the dynasty life cycle of the, the year, you know? Yep, exactly. Exactly. It, it happens every single year as we go from January, the early stages of the offseason, progress through uh free agency, the combine, the NFL draft, our league rookie drafts. We see that shift every single year. Mm-hmm. And now as we sit here in June 4th, and I can't believe it's June already. I feel like I say that every month, but once we get through OTAs and training camps and preseason, we see a drastic shift in the way people are not only willing to value certain players and whether they're rookies, veterans, but what they're actually willing to move for them Mm -hmm. because we do see that great shift and we're already starting to see it to an extent with some veterans. So I'm glad that you brought up CJ Stroud, but what we're going to do today we are going to run through, I, I said, Mitch, let's go through DTC, keep trade cut, uh, fantasy calc, which I use as kind of the baseline and how I value things uh, versus fantasy calc, I should say, and fighting the market inefficiencies. And today, Mitch said, well, let's talk about keep trade cut because we haven't talked about that in quite some time. Mm-hmm. And we have shared our thoughts on it. It's an interesting platform. It's fun to be able to go in and, okay, I'm going to keep trading, cut these guys. There are a lot of things to work out with the methodology. But again, it's a fun conversation. Is it the Bible by any means? No. So I know we're going to run through some conversations here today, and you're going to be listening thinking, no, that that's ridiculous. That, that would never happen in my leagues. It, it's going to happen somewhere. It is. Okay. It is. So Mitch, I tasked you with a few players. Let's, let's run through your list. And these are guys that either Mitch mm-hmm. thought they were a little high. They might be a little low, but then we'll, I'll kind of throw my, my two cents in there compared with my tears. And I'm sure we'll have some good back and forth today. So Mitch, get us going. 
Yeah, so I've noticed a lot with keep trade cut that that is what gets mentioned the most when someone brings up a trade calculator. Now, for a long time, it was DTC. They were the ones to where if a trade calculator was posted, it was them. If not, be player profiler, and that would be about it, or dynasty dominator, whatever they call it. Um, but keep trade cut is now, I would say, 85% of the talking point when you start talking about a trade. That's usually what people are bringing up as far as the calculator goes. So I think it's a really fun site to look at. So I went with CJ Stroud because CJ Stroud, I'm going to say he's quarterback 12 on KTC, right? Which you would think, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's okay. My problem is now that we're out of the rookie cycle, right down below him, you have Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, to uh, Daniel Jones, who I think CJ Stroud should probably be ahead of Jones, but ahead of Murray, Prescott, and Tua, I just, I know by the time August hits, it's not going to be that way. There is just no possible way he's going to be that high. And if he is, then we're doing something wrong in Dynasty. I'm not going to say we, because I'm not going to have him that high by the time August comes around. But for me, those other guys are just set in stone. Kyler's going to come back at some point this year. Dak's going to be good. Tua's going to be good. They're going to be producing points. And you're going to hear John and I bring up our projections nonstop here for the next three months. I'm sorry, CJ Stroud is not looking great for next year. There's really no way to project him looking good. And the only thing you'd be looking at is like, well, he's 22 when the season starts, so he should be here. Yeah, that's great. But next year, we're going to have new quarterbacks coming in. And are we going to see a Kenny Pickett kind of thing to where we just see him drop and drop and drop because he's not producing on the field? CJ Stroud's an interesting one because obviously he's a rookie quarterback coming in. Uh, the, the Houston Texans, they're trying to build around him. They have some decent weapons and they've made some moves to put him in a position. And we've talked about with Carolina as well, right? Putting pieces around these rookies to give them something to work with in their first year in the league. But with, with CJ Stroud, I have him in that 12 to 15 tier, but I agree with you in regards to like Dak, I'm taking Dak over CJ Stroud. Oh yeah. Yep. Tua and Kyler. I, I'm not going to pivot from Stroud to one of the, or from one of them to Stroud straight up. I'm going to need a plus. And this kind of comes into the, the we kind of start talking about it in terms of you get these guys, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, they're not going to give you the ceiling with their legs, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to be giving you that large rushing output. And for CJ Stroud, that certainly comes into play. And if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Twitter, you can see the quarterback 31, 13.31 points per game. Additional context, that is going to be in plus four, minus two. So if a lot of our leagues, they're plus six for touchdowns, passing touchdowns, minus four for interceptions that's going to elevate a little bit. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at this a hey, 13 points per game in my leagues. That would be, you know, quarterback 50, whatever. J just keep in mind. That's the baseline here that we're talking about today. But with CJ Stroud, he's kind of in that territory of he's young enough to sustain some value, mm -hmm. regardless of how things play out here in 2023. But like you said, where should he be in relation to a Daniel Jones? maybe even a Russell Wilson for some people. And there is that clear divide that we're seeing. There's a top 15 and that 13, 14, 15, they're kind of there by default to an extent, mm -hmm. right? 
And that's the big thing. I know you've been talking about this with different positions, specific players for several years now. But once you get beyond 15, you could make a case for a lot of guys to be in that 16, 17, 18 tier. And as a dynasty community, we are dying for several of these guys to elevate themselves because we're starting to see more and more and more of a discrepancy between quarterback ones for dynasty purposes and especially mid to lower end quarterback twos. Whereas maybe a couple of years ago, you're like, okay, I don't care if you're quarterback 13 for dynasty or 20 overall, there's not much of a difference. There's more of a difference today. So I think it's an unnecessary risk to take CJ Stroud over those guys. And you could sit there and say, yeah, but guys, Kyler Murray has risk. And we've talked about Kyler mm-hmm. Yeah, constantly we'll just skip over that part of it in the discord. It's been constant. And yes, there was risk with Tua, the concussions. Yes. Mm-hmm. But you have CJ Stroud with the projections we have here coming in as a mid quarterback three. You're not going to be thrilled with that. Like you said, Mitch, I just don't know how he gets there this year unless we somehow see a drastic uptick in his rushing production that we didn't see throughout his entire collegiate career. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's my issue is he could be good. He could definitely be good. But is he going to be better than what we see with Kyler, what we see with Dak, and what we see with Tua? Probably not. So is he really going to stay up where he is when we have new rookies coming in next year? I don't know. And that's what brings us into the very next guy because it's the exact same talking point, but just an older rookie-ish guy with Jordan Love. Jordan Love right now is quarterback 17 on KTC. And right below him, you have Jared Goff. Gino, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. And I mean, like, I get liking Jordan Love because he's 25. And I even like the pieces they put around him. But I wouldn't take him over one of those quarterbacks I just mentioned. All of those guys are proven starters in the league. Well, besides one of them, but that's just Russ. You know, we have to throw that in there. But besides that, it's these guys are going to hold value. They're going to be starters in future years. We don't even know if Jordan Love is going to be the starter in Green Bay next year. Yeah, he got a little contract extension, but that was one of the most team-friendliest yes. extensions that there was. So by all means, this isn't going to mean like, oh, he's quarterback for two years. No, he's quarterback for this year because there's no one behind him, but they could immediately replace him if he isn't good next year. And there isn't that. The only other case that can be made for is maybe for us, but I mean, that's even stretching it a little bit. So for me, Jordan Love needs to be down with uh, Mac Jones, higher than Desmond Ritter sort of thing. But I mean, I think he's eight or nine spots too high. And in quarterback rankings, that's huge. That's the difference between a late first or getting absolutely nothing for them in trades. Yeah, this is one where we're going to disagree a little bit. And it's not because I I love Uh-oh. Jordan Love. No. No, 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 by by no means. But you look at, you know, for Mac Jones, we we kind of know what he is. And I think that's what's kind of propping up the Jordan Love value mm-hmm. right now because there is that uncertainty. But it could be that good type of uncertainty. Could. But overall, you look at the screen, our 2023 projections, just over 3,700 yards, 23 passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions, quarterback 31 in plus four, minus two scoring plus four for touchdowns, minus two for interceptions at 13.76 points per game. Is he really giving you anything over uh, a positional player you may put in your flex spot on a given week? 
Probably not. And the way things are looking for Green Bay right now, I would be very surprised right now. And when we go through our projections, Mitch, you laid the foundation for most of the teams. Mm -hmm. And I went through, tinkered a little bit. There are some that we're going to be discussing in great detail. But overall, just making sure the inputs lined up. There's no wonky uh, touchdown rate yards per route run, things like that whenever we put the inputs in there. But with Jordan Love, I I just, I I think we see with Green Bay, and it's kind of shifted. So in 2021, we were at 57% pass to run, 55-45 split last year. This year, I have it right now at Mm 52-48. I just think it gravitates more towards a 50-50 split. One of the reasons... I'm I'm intrigued greatly this year by AJ Dillon. I like Aaron Jones as a cheap option uh, at running back this year. If teams are looking to shift more towards a rebuild, and for Jordan Love, I just don't know if we're necessarily going to see the volume and efficiency that we're going to need from him with such little upside in the rushing game. And it really is like you pick two quarterbacks here. The conversations are very similar, mm-hmm. just different points in their career. But like you said, Jordan Love kind of like a rookie here, just at 24 years old. So I, you know, looking at it because there is the not safety in 24, because that certainly isn't the way to describe it, but because there is that, you know, if he has a solid 23. We were already locked into a team-friendly 2024, like you mentioned. I thought that was a great deal for the Green Bay Packers. No, I, I really did. Yeah. It, it was a a less risky fifth-year op- option, essentially. But l- look at the other guys, like a Derek Carr. His value is really not going to go up, and he's mm-hmm. below a Jordan Love. Uh, Matthew Stafford, his value is probably not going up. Mac Jones, I think he kind of just fits in that low-end quarterback two-tier for dynasty purposes. Jordan Love is one that could rise in value. And sure. any of those, any but any of those guys, their value could bottom out. Yeah, my issue is I think we're already putting Jordan Love if he's quarterback 17, if you have him there in rankings, that's pretty close to a ceiling. Right above him is that Jones to a Dak Kyler tier that we talked about. And so you're saying, no, I'm already going to value where I think he's going to end up at the end of the year. And I think that's just crazy talk because he could bottom out just like everybody else. By week 10, they could insert in. I can't even name you who their backup is, but they could decide, you know what? This Jordan Love thing isn't working out. I want to compete. Someone else is going in, whoever it is. Right now, it's probably Sean Clifford. And when we have in one other additional piece of context here, when we are flashing up these projections on the screen, And when we spit it out, we provided it on our Patreon as little as five bucks a month, get access to the tiers, the the projections, all that good stuff. But every quarterback at most, we slated 16 games. Yep. Okay. You're probably going to miss one along the way. So when you're looking at it, Hey, 3,700 yards for a 17 game season seems low. Well, keep in mind, that's going to be 16 games. So we're, you know, should have probably put per game averages on there, but I just want to get that point across. So Jordan Love, you're more comfortable than like from a pick perspective, mm-hmm. your 23 rookie draft has not taken place. Where are you comfortable 
uh, acquiring Jordan Love. Oh, early second. I'm not paying okay. that okay. late first price, which I think you are going to have to pay a late first to get a Cousins, a Russ, uh, Jared Goff. And so that's my issue is I'm just, if you look at it that way, I'm pretty well below market on Jordan Love. Yeah, I, he's one uh, on, on Fantasy Cal coming in quarterback 20. So the thank you, Bill. He says the Patreon is totally worth it. <laughs> I agree. But KTC, that in this regard, I think the youth and un, well, youth, but he's 24, youth and uncertainty with Jordan Love is propping him up. Guys like a Derek Carr, a Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, when the, the bottom, it really could drop out but for green bay you look at the this division and as long as he is okay from an nfl perspective i do believe we see him through 2024 now if for some reason they go out and he completely struggles but i mean you got christian watson you got romeo dubs you got Jaden reed you got two rookie tight ends coming in luke musgrave already getting a ton of hype and attention from the media. So they are putting pieces around him as well. I think a lot of teams did solid jobs this off season of building up their receiving mm -hmm. options for their younger quarterbacks. We just talked about it with Stroud. The Panthers did the same green Bay did it. So we are seeing it and you are a little bit lower than market, but I don't know if it's that off, but I yeah. agree with you. The names that you said going below Jordan Love, who who were the three that you mentioned on KTC? Yeah, I just moved it. It was Goff, Cousins, and, and Russ, and Gino. Yeah. And Pickett, okay. Um, yeah, th those are guys like, I have Love tiered with Pickett, Gino, and Cousins. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, I'm not opting to pivot off of a Cousins for a Jordan Love straight up. Right, right. And especially in a startup, that's the thing is I'm just never selecting Jordan Love over those guys. I mean, I don't want to fall in the bucket of having to pick one of those, but if I do in a startup, Jordan Love's going to be one of the last ones that I pick up. So is this, like that bucket, I have them in 18 to 22. Like, do you would you consider like a, a quarterback dead zone, not just in startups, but existing leagues as well, to kind of hit right there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was, read I was reading the next there's a question that we have about love. So I was reading that while you were also asking your question. If you think, so this is from Nate. If you think we see love through 24 and you see him as a low end starter, does that impact your valuation of Christian Watson? It doesn't because overall, I think we, I think we see decent efficiency from Jordan love right now. We're looking at him uh, high level. I have him at 7.3 yards per attempt, 65% completion percentage. The real thing for a player like Christian Watson that benefits him is most likely that high average depth of target, mm -hmm. the yards per reception, probably over 14 um, yards. So it's not necessarily a player that is going to rely heavily on heavy volume, but the big play potential. So no, for a player like Christian Watson, Jordan Love being a low-end fantasy starter is not going to negatively impact things for me when looking at Watson, especially whenever I see him getting over just over 21% target share on a per-game basis in this offense. Um, you know, I think Jaden Reed, like I said, the other rookies step up, but Christian Watson, he's going to show off that big play potential. And I've actually shifted on him a great deal. A player that I really wasn't thrilled with 
It's true. And we got some arguments during rookie drafts about him. We did, and I caved in one specifically, I remember, did. because You're welcome. Uh, I'm a giver. I'm a giver, and I, I let you make that pick, and we took him, and I was mocking you, but now here I am defending Christian Watson. So uh, what am I looking at here for Watson? We have him 69 receptions, 976 yards, six touchdowns, just over uh, 2.1 yards per route run and garnering about a 23% target rate per route run. So I I, I don't know if the, – the big thing here is if Jordan Love gave us anything from a rushing perspective, like I don't know if he tops 100 rushing yards for the season. Yeah, you just don't know. I mean, he ran a little bit at Utah State, but that's that was back in the Mountain West days, and you just – you don't know if that's actually going to happen in the NFL. Ron laughing. I am a giver. I'm a giver. All right. So, uh, CJ Stroud, comparatively speaking, probably right where he should be in rookie drafts, mm-hmm. but exactly. yep. compared to veterans, a little bit too high for, for your liking. And, uh, for the most part, I, I have him tiered where KTC had him, but some of the names that you mentioned going below him should not be going below him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, with Jordan Love falls more in line with my value in that 18 to 22 range. You're a little bit lower, but uh, that's going to be an interesting player to keep an eye mm-hmm. on throughout the year. Who do we got next? All right, I'm going to go a little bit of out of order in the notes, just because I want to talk about someone we're too low on and it's Gabriel Davis. I mean, no, no, hear me out. Okay. Just I'll, 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 listen, I'll listen. Wide I'll listen. receiver 51 on KTC. And let's all agree. He had a bad season last year, right? So he had a bad season where he had 50 yards, 850 touchdowns, 850. That's a lot of 850 yards Ooh. and seven touchdowns. And that was a bad year. And he was dealing with an ankle or a knee thing for most of the season. And so they really didn't bring anybody in. We love Dalton Kincaid. We love what he's going to do. But what Dalton Kincaid's going to do isn't taking away from what Gabriel Davis is going to see every game. He's still going to see his targets. I mean, I if his targets drop by two a game, I would be pretty shocked because for what I'm seeing is he's going to be that long play threat. That's still going to stretch the field that provides you everything that Christian Watson does just at a much lower cost. And so for me, I'm looking at who's ranked above him. Right. And I just think it's crazy. Wandell's above him. Rice is above him. Lockett, downs, Mims, Keenan, Elijah Moore, Michael Williams. And then no, Gabriel Davis is 24 years old. If he goes out and has, let's say he went out and had 60 catches this year for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, we'd be seeing a drastically different tune. And that's like, that's like one more game than he had last year that like on per game average, he would be there if he played 17 games instead of 15. So in my opinion, I just think he's a screaming value right now. And if you're willing to buy into that Buffalo offense, I think Gabe Davis is still a huge buy. All right. So there's a few things going on here for me. Now, Gabriel Davis is entering the last year of his deal in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say that Gabriel Davis, his value at wide receiver 51, which you think is a, a value? Huge value. Still, if I may. Now, if he were in an offense, let's say Washington, he would be going significantly lower for good reason. And I do, 
I think he's being propped up because of Josh Allen being his quarterback, the big mm-hmm. play potential. And I, I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't talk about the big play potential with Gabe Davis after I just talked about it with Christian Watson. So yes, there is big play potential, but overall from a target share distribution perspective, the top four receivers last year in Buffalo combined for a little over 60% of the targets. Mm -hmm. And what we see overall from a a league level, it's about 60% of the targets go to wide receivers, 20 to running backs, 20 to tight ends. The way I see things shaping up in 2023 we see, I mean, last year, tight ends, Dawson Knox, what, 11% target share, 10% total. We are going to see an uptick from the tight end group. All right. So I have them coming in over 20% for Kincaid and Knox combined. And now you have James Cook, who is a more uh, physically able receiver than Devin Singletary. So for James Cook versus Singletary last year, you have a running back that's going to be running routes at a much higher rate. And because of that, he's going to get more of a target share per route run than we saw from Devin Singletary, who was wasting those precious routes that should have been James Cook. And I think you have to see a little bit of an improvement from Clear Shakir compared to and Isaiah McKenzie that was at the end of his rope. Like, so we're saying all these other guys are going to improve. Why can't Gabriel Davis improve? I, I don't, I, I don't see. That was a good one, huh? No, 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 no. I, I <laughs> listen, I get it, but you have moving pieces here and I'm not saying like James cook is improving. I'm saying he's going to be on the field more mm-hmm. and he garnered more of a target rate per route run than Devin Singletary. So I have an uptick in the running back target distribution compared to last year. It's not anybody talking about your target shares that you did on the bills as well. It's 3.19 because we can't do 3.20. That is crazy. talk. (laughs) You can go go through all the teams. You can look there. There's all wonky ones. We got, Uh, I know, I know. I just think it's, but anyways, that was completely off topic. But for me, he has that value. I mean, all the guys that I mentioned above him, they don't have that ceiling. And we're talking about wide receiver 50 here. We're not talking about a guy that we're going to go pay a first round premium for. This guy is below all those other guys. I mean, what is Wandell's ceiling? No, well, what is me... Keenan Allen's ceiling at this point? What are you getting for Keenan Allen in any trade? Let me, let me provide some context here. Context is key. Oh, more context. I'm all about context. Wandell Robinson is dirt. Mm-hmm. The fantasy asset, the fantasy asset, not the person. I don't know him though. He might be, who knows what he's doing, but Wandell Robinson should not be going above Gabriel Davis. Wandell Robinson, for me, a player that I'd be looking to sell. If there is any type of market, if I can get early third round value, and I know a lot of people are going to dis- disagree. And I know a lot of people oh, in the, di- no. a lot of people in the discord are going to say, Hey, I'll send a, a late second for Wandell. Go ahead. Be my guest. Send them to me. I actually have quite a few shares. But Gabriel Davis, he should be going ahead of Wandale, Rishi Rice, players like that. I am still, though, taking, talk about dirt, the oldest dirt guys, Keenan Allen and Tyler Lockett. 
yeah. because I, I know I'm going to get that immediate production. And you talk about the cost to acquire. They're not that expensive. They're not, but they're more expensive than Davis is, according to Keep Trade Cut. But you're you're hoping that, again, that wide receiver position group garners the target share it did last year compared to the other positions. And I don't see a way that's possible. The only way that's possible is if Kincaid goes out and has a 3% target share this year. Or James Cook doesn't have a high one. Or Naheem Hines doesn't have a high one. I think you well, have I could that. see them going down to the 21 to where they only threw 15% to the running backs. All of a sudden, there's 5% more going to someone else. But that, that's just being picky, and we could stay on them forever. But you I want to bring up the Bills. I want to bring up another wide receiver. Well, hold on, hold on. No, what, no, no. What, no, no. Well, you didn't give me a price. What, what, what rookie pick in 23 are you mm-hmm. sending straight up for Gabriel Davis? So, wide receiver 50 would tell me I could give up like some fab for him. But I know that's probably not the case. Would I move a late second for him? In almost every single league, I would. My championship team with Gabriel Davis on it, I could give up the 212. Can I get something kicked back with Gabriel Davis if I'm moving my 212? Is Tank Bigsby off the board if I'm moving my 212? Tank Bigsby is the 212. He shouldn't be. That's what I'm saying. Oh, but what we've seen, though, is Tank Bigsby. I want the tank. I know. I want the tank. All right, so that's your price point. I appreciate I mean, the okay. context. A playoff team second. I would be okay moving that for Gabriel Davis. All right, you heard it here. If you're in a league with Mitch, then you have Gabriel Davis. You want him off your roster? There you, you go. Know where to go? All right, Mitch. Who do we got? All right, dude. Why is Dotson wide receiver? I have him written down as 22. That was two hours ago. John messaged me, and he's like, "No, no, he's wide receiver 20 now." I don't, there is no logic to me on him being wide receiver 20. They have Sam Howell at quarterback. I mean, I I honestly, this one, it flabbergasts me because you look at him. Wide receiver 20, right under him, DJ Moore, better wide receiver. Traylon Burks, who knows, but better opportunity. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, better wide receiver. Jerry Judy, better opportunity. Michael Pittman, better wide receiver. And then you have Terry McLaurin. Who's a better wide receiver than Dotson is? I know he's younger. Like, I completely understand that. He's 23 years old. There's a lot of 23-year-old wide receivers in the NFL. It doesn't mean you need to rank them wide receiver 20. For me, I just, it's way out of whack on anything that I would pay in any league for him. Now, let's just start off. What 23 rookie pick would you move we to acquire him? 23. We need to start talking about 24 here. All right. Let's talk about 24. Where, right, what right. 24 picks are you moving? I wouldn't give a mid-second for him. Then, yeah. So, now, would you move Dotson for a mid-second? I would probably ask for something small. But, no, if he's actually on my teams. Th- that's the thing is, I don't have a lot of him, so it's very yeah. easy for me to say this. I mean, I might have one or two shares across my dynasty portfolio. But would I move him for a mid-second? More than likely, if I could flip that second for someone else, I would do it. Yeah, I. This is one. I ha, again, we're. I'm kind of in between here on a player like Jahan Dotson, fantasy calc from actual trades that are going mm-hmm. through, not manager input like KTC. Even though KTC mm-hmm. is the discussion point here, 
He's coming in at wide receiver 27. Now that's probably more in line with where he should be going. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have him. I have a big clump 22 to 36 tier wide receiver 22 to 36. When I look at a tier like that, and I was going to bring this up with one of the quarterbacks we were talking about, but just, just for example, on fantasy Kyle Traylon Burks is wide receiver 18. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson is wide receiver 38. I have them in the same tier, oh. but that is a screaming inefficiency for me that based on that, is it always possible? No, but based on that, I should be able to get a decent plus mm-hmm. with Deontay Johnson. If moving Traylon Burks. So Jahan Dotson's kind of in a similar boat. If I could move Dotson, for a Deontay plus same tier for me, uh, a Dotson for a Christian Kirk plus same tier for me. The thing with Dotson and I, I'm pretty sure I, this is an exact quote from discussing. Oh, who was it? Who was, you know, who it was, it was Quentin Johnston, mm. but uh, different situations, you know, who I could equate, equate to Traylon Burks last year, Traylon Burks, had so many things during the off season. He couldn't stay on the field. He was out of shape. Blah, Absolute blah, blah. He, he wasn't productive during the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Ryan Tannehill wasn't great. That offense in general wasn't anything spectacular. You had Malik Willis, give it a go. You had Josh Dobbs, give it a go. So you had those built in excuses to give him that insulated value. I think we see the same thing with Jahan Dotson. If he doesn't produce, if he does in fact put up wide receiver 44 numbers, 10.77 mm-hmm. PPR points per game, as we have projected as of today, you're going to have that excuse. Now, wide receiver 44 sounds horrible. It's not great, guys. But ultimately, what is the point per game difference between wide receiver 24 and 47? And for us right now, the way we have it, 24 is 13.16 points per game. 42 is 11.17. Mm-hmm. So two point per game difference. Is that the difference between a win and a loss in most cases? No. Could it be? Sure. But they, there is that built-in excuse for Dotson. And I think that's one of the reasons that he has that higher value, higher ADP right now a little bit higher than you're comfortable paying sure i mean i agree that he will probably come close to hold his value maybe drop a little bit but be close to that wide receiver 30 range right my problem is it's going to be point making season soon and unless you're on a team that you're looking to rebuild you're tanking for whichever quarterback you like next year then okay have dotson but when it comes to putting points on the table He's not a wide receiver I want starting on my team at his value right now. I would much rather have, there's five or six guys that are going lower than him that I would much rather have in my starting lineup over some like Dotson. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and I get that. I get that from a point scoring perspective. And I've done a lot of trades recently that have involved uh, a player like uh, moving a Jahan Dotson and getting another more productive player tiered similarly Plus, mm-hmm. and that that's what we talk about with the market inefficiencies. So again, if we are using wide receiver 20 as the baseline here, Jahan Dotson is a screaming sell. 
Well, yeah. Keep trade cut. That's what this show's I, about. I know, but I always like to like. I I think I'm I'm trying to be politically correct here with the way mm. I'm phrasing this, and you mm. can tell. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I I don't know that we should be but looking at that and saying that is the market love value. Love KTC. They I know do. it's people it's a hot topic, it. and it's and for me, topic. if they love it, that works out great for us. But these are the good times to point out the inefficiencies. All right. Uh, hold on real quick, real yeah. quick. Nate says, Nate says, I'd rather have Howe throwing the ball to my wide receiver than Baker or Trask. And Godwin is ahead of Dotson in the tears. Uh, Godwin's but, a proven asset, though. That's well, the thing hold, is, I completely agree that I would rather have Howell throwing than those other two quarterbacks. But we know Godwin's good. We think Dotson's good. I'll also say across any platform, when looking at the wide receiver values, Godwin is ranked below Dotson. So for me, I could, I believe I could move a Dotson for a Godwin plus and just sitting there again. And I think no, I, I talked about this too. a few weeks ago, yeah. just because I have a player tiered higher than another, ignoring the market is silly. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, but yeah, Nate, I, I don't want Baker or Trask throwing anywhere near my wide receivers. And there's a chance the attempts might not be anywhere near my wide receivers. They're probably going three rows deep uh, in the middle of a game. So, all right, Jahan Dotson, KTC. As someone else mentioned is getting that reception perception bump. Yeah, so it sounds like the the film folks and, and Matt Harmon and reception perception, that maybe is where the bump is coming Could from. But I'm out. Yeah. Okay. Who else you got? All right. Made some adjustments. We're already running late. We're 40 minutes in after four players. So took the tight ends out of the discussion. But so for me, the guy I want to bring up now. Hold on. Just real quick. Just for me. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. I love Dalton Schultz this year. I know. I know. I love him. And if you're watching that 9.7 points per game, that's in PPR. If you're in a tight end premium, which most of us are exclusively, Dalton Schultz in two PPR this year, 13.76 points per game. Nothing to scoff at. Nice price point. KTC has him at tight end 17. That's silly. A lot of silliness going on today, guys. All right. I just wanted to mention Dalton because I was excited for that picture too. Look at him. Well done on the graphics in my opinion. All right. What running back do you got? Uh, It's Ramondre Stevenson. And I love him this year. I'm picking up picking him up in my underdog drafts as much as I can. Like I do really like him. My problem is in dynasty. I wonder how many people realize that he is 25 years old already. And so he's in the last month, he's moved up eight spots from running back, you know, 19 ish to running back 11 in KTC now. And like, I like him, right? But I don't like the offense. Maybe that offense will be really good. Maybe he will be that juggernaut that we haven't seen the Patriots use since the Corey Dillon days, right? Maybe that's going to happen. Odds are it's probably not. There's probably whether it's, I want to say Damien Harris, but it's not Damien Harris on the team anymore. It's Kevin. Uh, There's a Kevin Harris. Yeah, Kevin Harris, Pierre, Pierre Strong, Strong, James Robinson, Ty Montgomery, whoever it is. I just think that we're calling him kind of the number one guy right now to where we might not end up seeing that huge workload throughout the season. And this has come from someone who loves Ramondre, but right under him, you have 
Austin Eckler, who we know is going to produce. Najee Harris is younger than Ramondre Stevenson. Younger. I'm sure everyone's like, no, you know, we have Najee Harris so low because he's old. Ramondre's just as old, and I think Najee's on a better offense now. Nick Chubb, yeah, he's older, but he's going to produce. And so, in my, and we know these guys are going to produce. That's the one thing. We're not doing like the whole, oh, J.K. Dobbins, you know, he could be better. Those three guys under him are going to be top 10 running backs. And I think Ramondre has the chance to do it. I just can't do it at his price right now. I just think right now we have him so high. And I don't know during the season, you'll probably like it. But that's if he continues to get the work that we saw at the end of last year. So this is a guy that I kind of put in there that I love, but I don't really agree with his value. That was a comment. Isn't Ramondre in the last year of his deal? It runs through the 24 season. So mm-hmm. we still have two more seasons. Um, comment. I can get behind Ramondre and redraft dynasty. I want nothing to do with the Patriots running back ever again. And as the Discord's original Ramondre truther, I agree with Mitch on this 100%. Thanks, Nate. Or like Cole, that. if you will. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Ramondre, like... He was, he was somebody going into the NFL draft. I was trying to move because mm-hmm. there, there was smoke around what the Patriots were going to do. You know, they, they didn't do really much outside James Robinson to address the, the Damien Harris departure. But from a workload perspective, do you disagree with the way these projections have lined up up to this point? No, because I think that's what we have to do now, right? Like if we look at him, 50 receptions is fair the amount of carries he's getting is fair for what we can see. Right. But I also think we're probably projecting close to a ceiling just because we don't know if James Robinson is even going to be on the team. Is Kevin Harris just going to stay the special teams guy is Ty Montgomery going to do something that he hasn't done the last three years. You know, there's, there's a lot of what ifs. So right now Stevenson is the safe projection, but I, I really worry about that offense as a whole and he had that huge target share. I mean, there was games last season. He was getting 10 plus targets. And I just don't know if that's going to be the case this year. I hope it is. By all means, I hope it is. He's just the one back the top 10 right now that I could push back pretty hard on. What I would be doing, I would go visit our friends over at dynasty hyphen daddy.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they have the power rankings in your leagues. And it shows you the the dynasty value has description for the redraft perspective. So where could these teams finish? And if I have Ramondre Stevenson and I'm not necessarily competing, if I have Ramondre Stevenson and maybe I already have a lot of running back depth, I don't, I don't think it's crazy to think, okay, go out and find a team that maybe is overestimating their team's production and performance in 2023 See if you can do something involving their 24 first. And even with the addition of Ramondre Stevenson, there's still a, a better chance than not. It ends up in that 105 to 108 range. Yeah, I would love that trade. That's a really good point. And I know that we often, and I've just brought this up recently, categorizing future picks into three buckets. Mm-hmm. Locked and loaded, teams tanking. It's a super early pick. Most likely, you know, more likely it, it's it's not a team that's going to make the playoffs or more probable that it is going to make the playoffs. And I think those are the buckets 
we need to be looking at. So even if it is a contending team, they slip in the semifinals, ends up being a 109 with that 24 class. I think you're going to be pretty happy with that, especially if you're not contending here. Running back 11, that's too early for Ramondre Stevenson. I have him in that third, again, that uh, big bucket, 13 to 22 uh, running back tier here. If I could move Ramondre for a Miles Sanders plus, not to steal your thunder here, for mm-hmm. a Rashad White plus, two players that are going significantly later in startups. They're going later from a current league perspective, from a market perspective. Their, their, their trade market isn't there, which we have seen with Ramondre. But I will say to play devil's advocate, the leagues that I have Ramondre, mm-hmm. I, nobody wants them. Oh, I've got that's funny because he's actually one of the guys that I've got the most offers for the last really? probably month. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, still two years on the contract, 25 years old. And if it were the final year of his deal, that would be a, a big red flag for me because mm-hmm. when's the last time the Patriots have extended a running back to the second contract? James White, probably. And and from a value perspective, he was always valued a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. So that, that's something to keep in mind. What are your thoughts? Do you think or would you want to do a Ramondre Stevenson for Travis Etienne, Ramondre Stevenson for Kenneth Walker, two players who have kind of tanked since the NFL draft? I would, it oh. would depend on what the plus is. That's the thing is because I think you're going to have to add to Ramondre to get those guys. And what's the plus to get up to them? Because I think that's probably be more than I want to pay. Straight up, would you take Ramondre or Tony Pollard? Tony Pollard. I would take Tony Pollard. Yeah. I and I I don't think you need to add a plus. No, I think that could happen. I mean, you don't see running back for running back trades like that all that often, but yeah. Right, right. Maybe a, a two for two type move. Mm-hmm. Um so late first in 24 and Ramondre. I have tiered together if it's a pick, like I said, that I think has a better chance than not of maybe being in that 105 to 108 range. Mm-hmm. I, I'm smashing that. Uh from a wide receiver perspective, how many like how many wide receivers would you take over Ramondre? Oh, a St- lot. Stop stop me whenever <laughs> just ready. This might Je- be a while. Jefferson, Chase, Alave, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, C.D. Lamb, A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Drake, London, D.K. Metcalf, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, Jordan Addison, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, Cooper Cup, Michael Pittman, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams. That's probably close-ish. Yeah, right around that area. Okay. All right. So, yeah, wide receiver 20 cutoff-ish. Mm. Um, yeah. Now, what, what would you... You have Ramondre Stevenson on your roster. Mm-hmm. What would you want added to Christian Kirk to make that move? Uh, I think you get a lot out. We talked about Christian Kirk previously. He's like, even on fantasy calculus, wide receiver 44 or something like that. And right I now mean, he's 36. I think that's even after a 30-day value trend in the positive direction. Yeah, it's that'd be tough because I think you could at least get at least an early second. I bet you could get a pretty decent running back out on. Uh, maybe Alexander Madison and Christian Kirk. I think that could happen pretty easily, to be honest with you. But you would have to wait for the Dalvin Cook scenario to, you know, 
figure itself out over here the next week or so. Okay. All right. So Ramondre, another one that you think should be shipped at his current price. If you can get that market, uh, get that price, I think I'm all can. for it. Yeah, I I'm really all think for you it. Can get that. I had somebody, and I they they responded to me pre NFL draft. They said, "Stop sending me offers involving your Ramondre Stevenson." And then he sent me an offer. He said, "This is the most I'll trade you," and it was a twenty four fourth. Oh wow. Maybe it's because you're not nice to people during trades. I don't know. I I, I am. Mm. I always say like, "Thanks for the offer." Thanks for the offer. Point. I want more. Yeah. All right. A little bit. Let's wrap it up here. Okay. Last guy, Miles Sanders. Our pro- he's coming in as running back twenty one on KTC. I bet he's there probably on most formats. We have him as what running back fifteen in the projections. Fifteen, and. I think that's definitely probably on the lower side for him. The problem is he plays for the Panthers, and we don't know how good the Panthers are going to be, right? But if they're an average to above average offense with Bryce Young there, I think his touchdown upside's a lot higher. His rushing upside's a lot higher. I just think that offense as a whole could be a lot better than what we're expecting. Um, They have a really good offensive line. They have enough skill players around him, around Bryce Young, I should say, to at least move the ball. And if they could move the ball, Miles Sanders is going to be the guy. Chuba Hubbard is whatever. He's a good change of pace back, but he's never going to come in and take over work for what Miles Sanders did, right? So in my opinion, he's 26. If I could give up an early second for him right now, I would do it all the time. The problem is I think you're going to probably have to add something to it. And if I'm you know, if I have a Dotson on my team and I could get Miles Sanders and something else, I'm doing that 90% of the time. Oh, I would be 100% on board with that because I have them tiered together, honestly. Again, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit higher on a Dotson than maybe you are. But if I could get a small plus with a Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. if I could get, if I could do Dotson and. What what can I move here? A Dotson and I don't know Michael Thomas. If I can move that pair for Miles Sanders and Jacoby Myers, maybe something like that. Yeah, where I'm getting a bump on that secondary piece. That's something I would be interested in. Um, maybe if you have somebody that you look at their team and it's a start wide receiver, start three wide receiver league, or start four, and they're lacking in that department. Maybe you can do a Dotson and a third for a Miles Sanders in a second. And little callback here to the last player you brought up, Mitch. If you could do a Ramondre for a Miles Sanders plus, mm-hmm. like maybe you, you love some, those pluses. It's definitely speaking to you. I'm all about the plus. What did we? I, I was listening back to an old episode. I'm the UPS man. I'm all about the package. Mm-hmm. All right, all about the package <laughs> deal. And I, I think you could do. A Ramondre Stevenson for maybe a Miles Sanders and a Gabriel Davis. Mm-hmm. Not at my not at my alley, maybe, but I could see somebody like Mitch Sorensen be interested in that. I was gonna say, like Pierce is above him and Dobbins is above him. I would take Miles Sanders over both of them in every league, pretty much. Okay. Because and I do I, think I think he just produces a lot more than they do. And they'll be one year older, he'll be one year older, sure, but I'll be getting the production this year that I won't be getting from them. All right. Well, I I like the conversations here because I, I didn't necessarily agree with all of them. I can see your I points. Know, I know. I respect 
where you're coming from. Of course, it's uh, yeah, I'm probably not. But my takeaway for me is one: it's always a good day to buy Dalton Schultz, but also seeing if we could do something. Looking at a Ramondre for a Miles Sanders plus, Mm -hmm. I think that's a, a nice one there. I do have some Ramondre, but even if you don't go Miles Sanders hunting. You know, I, I think the the four-year deal there, team-friendly deal, but also locking up a longer-term running back contract, a second contract for a player like Miles Sanders is, is something good there for the Panthers. And, you know, like we said, using keep trade cut here, if you're looking at the screen, keep trade. What? Yeah, I like that. I like it. thought that was clever. I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of it, and I won't be the last. But... Whether you're using KTC, Fantasy Coke, if you're in the Patreon and you're using my tiers and you see these as opportunities and places that you identify a market inefficiency to better your team, that's what it's all about. And if you have a manager, I I had a manager send me a screenshot from KTC and I loved it because then I go over there Mm -hmm. and I see how I can work something. Um you know, if somebody's references ref, referencing something even for my tiers, you know, that that's there's potential for an advantage there uh, for the other manager more so than me because my information, boom, I'm an open book. And then I'm like, well, okay, there's very little wiggle room here because how can I justify sending that low ball offer when they said, JD, that's not what your tiers say. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Mitch, before we uh, hit that final thought? I think we covered a lot, to be honest with you. Final thoughts. All right. Well, this week's episode of The Pivot Point, like we said, it's going to be hitting the podcast feed. No brand new episode this Tuesday. Dan is it of, I think, a work conference. So I'm going to give Mitch the night off That because that's the type of boss I You're am. so nice. You're so nice. Yeah. I, it's cute that you think you're the boss. Definitely. My only final thought that I have is it's startup season now. If you're wondering where to do, if you don't want to go on Reddit to find a league and try to do it, if you don't want to search search on Twitter, if you don't want a random sleeper league, our Discord, you have to join the Patreon for it, but it's only five bucks a month. I mean, startup season is back in full swing again. So I expect one. If there's not one a week, I'll be pretty shocked, to be honest with you, because there was so many going last season. I think there'll be even more so going on now. So if you Looking for a place to join leagues, just hit the Patreon. We'll get you in the Discord, and then there's going to be leagues starting nonstop. Well, the thing about that, too, is, and we have a big disclaimer in our league bylaws, anything we we kick mm-hmm. off and open up, you don't have to stay a member of the Patreon. Nope. It's just we, we share them in there first. They always fill up. Yep. And we've actually gone out into the wild with some of the, the leagues because, uh, you know, we were just looking to get things kicked off a little bit earlier. But you don't need to remain a patron. It's just that's where we post it first. Mm-hmm. So, you know, come check it out. Tears, projections, 24-7 Discord conversations. A lot of good stuff there. A lot of fun. A lot of good interactions there with everybody. So I'll let Mitch and everybody else get back to their uh, fine Sunday afternoon. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, who is not on the show this week. We're an hour in. If you haven't noticed, Dan's not on the show. I don't think you were paying attention. I'm John Bauer. We'll catch everybody next week. Have a great week. Where's that outro? There it oh, is. Oh, no.